There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Jack River and this is To Revel in the Times. This episode was recorded from my home on Ewan Country and I would like to pay my special and genuine respect to Elders past, present and emerging and pay very special respect to any First Nations listeners. This podcast is my chance to talk to other artists about the ways they're rallying for change in our industry, our country and our society, and writing a roadmap for other artists and listeners to break down outdated systems. And perhaps one of the most unstoppable artists in our country right now is this guy. My whole motto was always do do simple things great and let the big things work themselves out. And so that was always my my plan is like just do small things amazing make make small things amazing and like just start by changing changing you know little things in people's lives amazing is an understatement i've been pretty in awe of what briggs has been able to achieve in lockdown alone from releasing satirical lockdown music videos with tim minton about the australian government's bushfire response to publishing a children's book that quickly became australia's number one seller Honestly, how does he do it? But it's business as usual for Briggs. He's constantly working and creating, writing comedy scripts, hosting global radio shows, acting, or giving a platform or support system to a younger artist. I'm so excited to be able to share this conversation with you, but we also barely scratched the surface here. I would highly suggest you do yourself a favour after this episode, set aside a solid chunk of time and get in your own Briggs rabbit hole. Briggs and I caught up just as Victoria started going back into lockdown. In true isolation style, this conversation took place over Zoom between my home studio and Briggs in his car in Shepparton. So, Briggs, thank you so much for being a part of To Revel in the Times. I've never been more excited to have a conversation. Cool. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm, in, I'm in my car at the moment where I conduct most of my business. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I knew you did a lot of stuff, like a, a lot, and I've been following you for a long time, but spending the time over the past few weeks to actually grasp how much you really do has absolutely fucking blown my mind. So do you rest? Have you rested at all during this corona time in our world? Um, no. <laughs> to put it quick, to put it shortly and quickly, no. Um, I've... I get restless and if I'm not doing something I get pretty um pretty pretty bored. Uh, I've I've always got to be making something. So you know, I'll rest when I when I'm done. <laughs> I think that's my normal um that's my normal approach to everything I do. Um I'll I'll rest when I'm when I'm finished like you know, I think going into corona and you know covid whatever um it was an opportunity for me to um you know to adapt and switch up 
and try and um, accomplish some new things with the, with the challenges in place, um, you know, with our environment. And um, so, yeah, I, I didn't really find it like a time to, to really chill out or anything like that. It was, if anything, it was more license for me to go harder. Yeah, I love that. I feel a little bit the same, so it's good to know. But, um, yeah, like you've honestly done so much. I have so much respect for your work ethic. So your incredibly important book, My Home, My Heartbeat, released this May, walks the reader through the shoes of Indigenous Australian heroes celebrating their stories and their victories whilst coming back to this beautiful refrain, my history is my strength, my future is my own, my community is a part of me, it's my time, my heartbeat. Um, yeah. When did these words or this understanding of yourself and your people's legacy begin to sink in? And did you feel these words growing up or did you wish you could have heard them earlier? Or um, I just, you know, like be- when I was formatting the book, um, because like, you know, it was already a song, obviously, um, the children came back. And um, I was when I was formatting the book, it was something I, you know, I really wanted to make the book stand on its own. So it just wasn't a, you know, a lyric printout of something that I'd, I'd already written. And I really wanted to update it and like make it, you know, super accessible for kids and and also just give a message that maybe they hadn't heard yet, or um, you know, I guess as well as like yeah, you know, the message that maybe I needed to hear when I was a kid. Um, so like, it's part of like, when I was making that book, when I was writing it, you just want to make the best product and the best piece of art that you can in that moment. And, you know, in a book, you have all these opportunities to say so much that you don't get to say in a song. And especially for the for the age demographic, and and yeah, like you know, it was the kind of words that I felt, you know, kind of encompassed the whole, you know, spirit of that book of that art and the whole idea around it. You know, it was meant to be. I, I don't get a lot of opportunities to do you know, G-rated stuff. So amazing. <laughs> Or you don't um, choose to do G-rated. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was like, um, you know, it was, it was my opportunity to to say something, you know, really quickly. And, like, it went it went nuts. I, I didn't expect it to do what it had done I think either, it's, so. Is it the uh, best-selling Australian children's book right now? Like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like the best-selling kids' book or something. It's crazy. I, it's so crazy and it's so cool to see Thelma in there and, yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, it's just good to be able to celebrate for once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, absolutely. Um, and can you tell me a little bit about about growing up on Yorta Yorta country and Shepparton and I guess – when when music became a big part of your life, what what were the moments around that? Um, like I'm, I'm it's funny. Like I'm sitting outside of my childhood house right now, and I'm looking at 
the primary school down the street in which I loathed to go every morning <laughs> and yeah. hated. And, you know, it was a pretty standard kind of rural city upbringing. You know, well, I thought it was pretty standard until, like, you, you get a little bit older and you start to see, you know, a, a lot of the symptoms and and stuff of, you know, of, of racism and, and a racist town in which we grew up. Like, our community was really strong. We have, like, the largest indigenous population outside of Melbourne um, or any capital city and I think more than, you know, anywhere else, like, per capita and um, in Victoria. And so there was a strong sense of community here. Um, so it wasn't like we felt or I felt very alone, but I, you definitely felt excluded. Mm. Um, you know, that exclusion, which I feel like is the, you know, the main source of, of you know, racism, um, was very prevalent and um, it's something, you know, an obstacle that we dealt with and still continue to deal with uh, every day. Yeah, and that. I guess that feeling of exclusion seems to have propelled you to create so many, including kind of, uh, you know, record label, uh, children's book, music, all of these things are so inclusive, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it was important to, um, to build something and build things up and, and like help build other people as well, you know, like as as many as you can, or as many as you want. Um, so, you know, it's it's not enough just for my own success. Um, I there has to be, you know, other success, you know, to really feel like people are winning and there's a, there's a shift. I can see that the name of your record label, Bad Apples, came from a song and turned into a record label. Also. Uh, the children came back, inspired your children's book, My Home, My Heartbeat. So it's like throughout these things that you're creating, you're coming up with the philosophy and your belief, a kind of like dream, and then you make a vision, a physical reality, especially yep. for Indigenous people. Is is this what's happening? <laughs> I just try to milk every idea that I, that I have and like try to figure out, how many different ways, you know, I can flip this thing. You know what I mean? It's like when you hear about, you know, books being turned into movies and, you know, and screenplays coming from, you know, from theatre to, you know, just the, the growth of an idea. I was always interested in, in like, okay, like if this is the seed, you know, what – where does this go? Like, what is the growth of this? So, like, I'm not really, I'm not too interested in creating stuff that is just one dimensional. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, it it doesn't really turn into anything else. So, like, like sometimes those things are just fun to make, and you put them out, and away you go. You know what I mean? But the real fulfillment I get is from an idea that has a plan and there is longevity. Um, that's my main 
process when I when it comes to creating something. It's like, how many different ways can we flip this thing to, um, you know, make it a reality and and entrench it well, deeply? Yeah, well, to to change someone else's reality too, and like, and give it importance, you know, like and relevance and stuff like if if things are one dimensional they're, they're not normally relevant or at least they're not relevant for too long you know what i mean yeah that's awesome when like does music come first for you and and then those kind of the will to change comes out of a song or is it I, more kind I of interrelational music, yeah i think at this point it's like everything feeds into everything so it's like music is first just because that's what i've always done and it's fun, yeah. Yeah, and it's like I know it like the back of my hand. It's like, you know, when we started the record label, it was always going to be hip-hop first because that's what I know. Yeah. Um, I can do that, you know, in my sleep. And yeah. then, But it was like if we really want to change things and challenge stuff, we need to access artists like Alice Skye and push her to the forefront and push her story and so, you know, young girls can see themselves in these positions in, you know, and being artists and, and being songwriters and being great. You know what I mean? So, you know, music was always first just because that was, that was my, you know, wheelhouse. That's where I played the most and that's what I knew how to do. But now it's kind of like things are a little bit more even-handed. It's like I can go and, you know, I have cut my teeth in writing scripts and stuff, so I can start over there now. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to always stem from, a, you know, a, a musical endeavor. Yeah, that's bloody epic to have created that kind of palette of, of um, ways you can express and change things. Well, I just like making stuff. Yeah. Like that's first and foremost, you know. Even in ISO, I hit up my mate Ben, who's like a crazy talented chef. Like a, he's a dude with an actual gift, and like got him to teach me how to make garlic bread. You know what I mean? Like I've, <laughs> I've, I've got to, I've got to like make stuff. Like this, I love that's it. where it's a creation that I really, you know, I think that's why I'm surprised at the success of the book because I don't really think about the other side too much. I'm just more intent on the process of, of creating it. Yeah, that's awesome. Because once I make it, I, I kind of put it down, I walk away, and then I go try and make something else. Yeah. And everyone's like, hey, that book that, that book you wrote is coming out. I'm like, oh, word. Yeah. Okay. I think it's, it's, it's always so um, good to hear. And I feel the same about creating things. I never, ever think of the other side. It's always the fun of making it. And I think it's reassuring when you know that about someone that it's not, you know, about the other side. I think it's cool. Um, yeah. So if we could talk Bad Apples, uh, the label, for a moment. Yeah. Um, coming back to the song first, the lyrics of the song, your song, Bad Apples, talk about kids who have had the system against them, kids who are more likely to go to jail than make it to year 12. The lyrics in this song are calling to give them a chance and give them what they need to succeed. Instead of just singing about this, you went and created uh, Bad Apples, the record label, signing amazing artists like Alice, Sky, and Nookie and literally creating the support structure for young artists to thrive and get 
backing and access world-class guidance. So like, how did how did you take this from lyrics and that intention in a song to reality? I know that's a bloody big question. <laughs> um, um, but how can you describe some, you know, some of those moments that pushed it into reality? I grew up in a community in Shepparton of, of, of overachievers. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like the the community that I grew up in was always doing something extraordinary, something um, something different, something like that was pushing the boundaries and like anomalies. And so like I just took the blueprints and the structures that were already around me um, as a kid and all the things that I'd seen my parents do and my family do and put that same work ethic and the same method into creating a record label. So, like, I was talking with, um, you know, my manager at the time, Sam, and I said, like, you know, I could probably do it. <laughs> like, like yeah. uh, that was it. I, was like, I could probably do that. Like, I know rap music. It's like, you know, my whole motto was always do do simple things great and let the big things work themselves out. And so that was always my my plan I was like just do small things amazing make make small things amazing and like just start by changing changing you know little things in people's lives and the whole purpose of of the label was to kind of give like a bunch of indigenous kids the opportunity and the and the business acumen that like the hilltop hoods gave me mm-hmm. in the fact that you know we could create and turn myself into a business and turn myself into an earner and be my own boss and and understand, you know, that this thing that we do is, you know, is a brand and is a business and and trying to teach these kids how to run their music careers as a business. Which is so, so awesome that you look at it in that way and that, you know, you're providing that guidance alongside. Well, they're the already artists. Creativity. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it, and that's. But they need me to be. tell them how to make art. Like, yeah, like they don't need me to tell them how to make art. But what they might need me to help them with is, is you know how to push things and when to push and you know how how things may roll out and you know also just understand that like. You know, sometimes things just don't work all the time. You know, I know it looks like everything I touch and everything I do works, but like there's, you know, for every one thing that that does work, there might be five or ten the things that don't. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, but the whole purpose of it is like I've never, you know, I've never quit when when something sucked or something didn't work as well as I thought it would or something. You know, I'd always just been like, okay, well, next one, let's go. Yeah, which is so inspiring to all of the artists around you, um, myself included, seeing someone uh, continually do shit. It's really cool. So thank you. Well, it's like, <laughs> it's like what else are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like you're an artist or you're not. And it's like if, if you make things, you're going to make things. Yeah. And like, you know, nobody's, nobody's telling you not to. Nobody's, you know, asking you, you know, for it. You have to, you know, first and foremost make these things because that's what you do. It's up to you, yeah. Yeah, and then the the business, you know, will come later. 
But like, if, if you are a creator, like, and that's what you do, it's like you will find a way to make things. I haven't asked you this before. I'm sure people ask you all the time what it means. But can you tell me about Briggs for PM and Senator Briggs? Because some people actually really want you in politics and we need to know what's what's happening there. Yeah, I just can't see myself like hand on the Bible, you know, swearing an oath to the Queen that I'm going to uphold the, you know, the framework of Parliament. Like that's not just not really in my... Being yeah. like, if you can, if you can do that, if you can swear the oath to the queen that you're going to uphold the conduct of parliament and be good and you Have know, tea with like, Lizzie and shit. Yeah. yeah, cool. That's all good. Like, but like, that's just not me. And like, you know, the whole purpose of like, it's like you know, Senator Briggs, and it's just funny to me. Yeah, that's all. It's do just funny see, to me. So there's no. Do you see yourself at all as like a people's politician in the work that you do, or it's just funny? No, it's like well, like you know, the Senator Briggs thing comes from a, a Simpsons joke because like that's what Homer thinks that he's going to be when he robs a quickie mart. Yeah, he he has a dream that he would be senator, you know, on a <laughs> on on a plantation house somewhere, and and Marge is a go go dancer, and like that's the joke. It's like senator. Like, what would Amazing. life be like if I robbed the cricket mart? And like, that's where it really come from. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then like, and then like, people, people would be like, you know, well, you can't be, you can't be a senator. And I was like, it's like, why not? You know what I mean? Like, I've done all this other stuff, but like, it, it's 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 a massive, like, it's a big kind of, um, it's a it's a it's a good troll for all my, um, you know, for all my detractors, like. You can't be prime minister. It's like, yes, I can. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Well, one day. And, 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 it's, and it's just like a succinct, nice title. You know what I mean? And it's a shout out to Eric B as well, you know, a hip hop godfather, you know, Eric B for president. So there's a there's a hip hop history to that title as well. So, yeah. yeah cool. But, but like, I, I don't ever intend to, um, you know, have a boring job. So. Amazing. So, yeah, okay, I'll that's be. Good um, to know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I feel like I'm more influential not towing the party line and saying whatever I want. I totally I want, agree. How yeah. I want. Yeah, I love that. Um, the role of comedy in your career so far has been pretty prolific with songs like House Fire with Tim Minchin or the film clip for Life is Incredible and obviously all of your other work, writing and acting. Um, and you seem like a very natural comedian, which is great, a great <laughs> tool to have in the belt that some of us like me do not have. Um, but is using comedy in most things you do an active decision? I just think it's just who I am. Yeah, it's like, natural. Yeah, it's like comedy's just always been a part of of the way that I make sense of the world. Um you know, through analogies and, and um, you know, the sketches and stuff that I've written. And, yeah, the, the idea was that um, I was able to make sense of the world through comedy. And, like, that's how I learned to make sense of, of a lot of, you know, global political things and, um, you know, if, if it was Bill Burr or Dave Chappelle... Or, yeah. or Eddie Murphy, you know, like, or Patrice O'Neill, 
or Bill Hicks, you know, these are the guys, or George Carlin, you know, the kind of guys. Yeah. Well, it's just like, well, sometimes, yeah, it it softens the blow for some people, but for me it was like really sharp. Like Mm. everything was so sharp and it was like, it was like if that softens the blow, it's because they're not getting hit with a sledgehammer. It's like they, they're getting a silencer, you know. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like, it can be far more succinct than Yeah, and like, yeah. and like these people, these dudes, you know, sum up, you know, the way you're feeling or the state of, of politics really quickly. And, um, and there was a lot of power to that. And it was something that I think just always resonated with me. You know... In Australia, how we've got a bit of a take a joke mate culture, and we can't, we don't have a great track record of taking things seriously. Everything's kind of always turned into a joke. Do you think there's an element of that that is that means our culture is afraid of truth, or do you think it's something that is positive in our culture and that will be conducive to some kind of progression? Um, I think a lot of like Australian comedy, like everything else is just imported, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Australia's, uh, Australia's big export, I feel, is arrogance and entitlement. <laughs> like, you know, to be, you know, recall ourselves as a as a lucky country and and whatnot without really acknowledging you know what's really going on what what luck really is you know luck is dispossession you know the you know the really kind of dismantling you know 200 years of, of of occupation and um and dispossession of indigenous people like you know, you're really able to build a wealthy country when you don't pay for anything. Um, and so, like, you know, I think as well as, like, you know, Australia has a has a rich, you know, comedy, um, you know, a comedy industry that is full of, like, you know, talented comedians. Um, but... You know, and the good ones do reflect, um, you know, on Australia really truthfully. But Australia, collectively, Australia as a country has not ever really acknowledged um, the the, you know, the dispossession outside of, you know, lip service and ornamental kind of gestures, I feel. Um, so like, you know, like the, the best comedy comes from truth and tragedy, you know what I mean? So we've got a lot of truth and tragedy here, but you know, I don't feel like Australia has really tapped into it yet. Of course, recently we're all aware of this surge in cultural attention and awareness around injustices, uh, globally and then Australia uh, kindly cottoned on to their own injustices, in particular Indigenous deaths in custody and the disproportion of Indigenous people in incarceration in Australia. But it would be 
insane not to discount the hundreds of years and tens of years that people in our country have been uh, working toward change, mostly Indigenous people. Um, but you are included in this group of people who have been working for years, not just a couple of months. Yeah. Do you think, I, I think we've spoken earlier and you've said, you know, it's just we've got to keep on doing the work and nothing's different about this last few months. Can you talk to that yeah. a bit and where you're sitting with, you know, feeling about this time we're living in? I just feel like every single time something like this happens, um, it always feels different. Um, but pragmatically looking at it, um, to me, it's, it's, it feels the same. Um, I don't feel like... I don't feel like there's much different. There's much difference to the other times, honestly. Yeah. So, it's but not a magic pill that fixes anything, especially in our country. No, and it's 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 a lot of the boring work that people. It's not very romantic, you know. It's it's not a protest with thousands of people, you know. It, it's. It's, it's policy advocacy and, and infrastructure building and, and enterprise building and, and business building and employment and health. It's, it's all these kind of boring things <laughs> that, um, that, that really do change the lives of people and really does, you know, better the lives. Like, I feel like a lot of people are happy to latch themselves to a, a protest because it's kind of exciting. Yeah, and but, it's one day in the calendar. Yeah, and then they put it down, they put their placard down and, you know, job done and, you know, they, they feel very moved. Um, but I just feel like I, I wrote it on my Instagram. It's like, you did that yesterday. What are you doing today? Yeah, so, what are you doing you every know, single day? Yeah. It's, it's a call to action to be like, you know, do something. <laughs> you don't have to do everything, but you have to do something. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, while, while people are uncomfortable at the moment is the perfect time to shift things and change things. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you were speaking to a young person who's, you know, in high school or fresh out of high school or whatever, and they're deciding what to do with their life, you know, they haven't ignored, they haven't, um, you know, made the cultural mistake of being sleepy, uh, you know, mm. where would you say to, to begin? Where you feel, where you feel needs you, you know what I mean? Like that's where you start. It's like, Following where do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you feel would appreciate your input? Where do you feel or where do you need to, uh, where do you need to learn? You know what I mean? Like, like, what can you give to a movement or an organization or a cause, you know, that is uniquely yours and uniquely you? And I feel like that is like the, um, that is like, you know, the biggest lesson in all this stuff is like, what is uniquely yourself? Yeah, that is awesome. I love that. Okay. Can I, and now I'll go to 
to what you've done again. Um, so you've redefined the modern political pop song in Australia with songs like Jan 26. You've started a label to increase Indigenous representation in music. You've got a show on Apple Beats one called The New Australia. You've written with comic genius Matt Gronig. You've written a children's book, won ARIA Awards. Your creativity is coming through so many formats. And if you zoom back and did that, you know, gut feel thing, if you went to the heart of everything, is there a single idea or feeling that's driving it all? Um, Legacy. It's like what are you making that you can look back on in or your grandkids or whatever can look back on in 80 years and great-grandkids and look back on and be like, you know, my great-great-grandfather did this. You know what I mean? Like, and it, and it's, and it stood the test of time. Um, it's, it's all about legacy. Like for me, like personally, it's about legacy. And I feel like to have something like stand the test of time, you have to change things around you. And, and, you know, to, to sustain your own legacy, you have to build the success of others. Hence, you know, the, the, um, the record label and, you know, hence the, you know, the, the kid's book. It's about sparking an idea in a kid that they may not have thought with them yesterday, you know, there's a few things that I, that I always, you know, trail back to. And it's like, you know, you weren't that yesterday. You're this today. What are you going to be tomorrow? You know yeah, what I mean? Awesome. And so it's, it's always about pushing yourself to try something new and not having to try everything, but try something new. And that's what the, that's what the book is about is like being able to see yourself in another way. So, because, you know, I think kids need that. They need to be able to see themselves in, in different lights and different structures and different places and different industries so they can be that. Um, and so like that, those are always the things that I, um, strive for my own career is to try and change how it looks after I touched it. You know what I mean? Like after I've been there, I want it to be a little bit different. <laughs> That's really fucking cool. I really, really love that. and want to write it on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, so good. Thank you. Um, cool. So I, like, you've just answered everything so bloody succinctly. Um, that's, that's the other thing. Don't, don't waste time. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it. It's great. You know, following from everything you've just said, you said in an interview with Conan, there's no point in me winning and doing all this stuff unless it reflects home. You've yeah. also given your ARI award to a local cafe in Shepton so kids can pick it up and know that someone from their town won that award and, and envision their own dreams, which is so fucking cool. Um, seems like there's a huge part of you that cares so much about leaving tracks in the sand for the next generation um, yeah. in everything you do, which you've just confirmed. So 
if you went home to Yoda Yoda country sitting, you know, you're in your car right now, if you were looking at a kid standing outside that school today, what is one big piece of advice you'd give them? Um, school sucks, but go anyway. <laughs> 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 no, I think, I think it's like, it's so hard because I had such a bad time at school. Like I really didn't enjoy it. So, you know, if, if I seen myself outside of school really hating it, like I would like, I'm, I'm not sure what I would say other than it turns out all right. Like just, just keep doing what you're doing. It turns out okay. And then I drive off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing. It turns out all right. Like, don't worry. Yeah, and that's, like, you know, great advice for, like, this time in the world for so many young people f- must feel pretty fucked, you know, Pre- yeah, pretty I, th- I think the things, like, you know, all the things that I've learned is just, like, you know, never stop, never give up. You know, good work is hard work, but not all hard work is good work. I love that. Can you be my wise <laughs> uncle or brother? <laughs> oh, you know, that's, so, yeah, and wonderful. So it's so like all good work is hard work, but not all hard work is good work. Just know the difference. And, yeah. And, like, you know, there's so much that, you know, I, I want to do and I haven't done yet that I'll keep on making things and so other kids know that they can make things too you know what i mean if i if i can make all these different things you can make one <laughs> absolutely and, there, I love and that. there's and there's room for you and there's room for everybody you know what i mean like there's room for everybody like don't you know it's a it's a common thing that people you know they quit after they after they get beaten once but you know, there's a there's a real thing in in you know sticking to your guns and and being strong and you know in who you are, but but yeah, I've I feel like you know the hard work is you know good work is hard work. That's my favorite. I love that. Well, thank you so much. That yeah, it, that I felt that in my gut. <laughs> I needed to hear that. Thank you. And I'm sure, yeah, everyone's going to appreciate this so much. So honestly, thank you so much for your time. I know you could be doing a million things with it. So I feel really honored to have a tiny piece of it. Thank you. There's not much to do in Shepparton. So I'm chilling. Shep life. (laughs) A huge thank you to Briggs for his time on this podcast and the energy and creativity that he constantly puts out into the world. I honestly believe that we'll look back on Briggs as a major disruptor of not only our industry, but Australian culture. And thank you for listening to this conversation on To Revel in the Times. Join me over on Instagram to continue these conversations and subscribe to To Revel in the Times on any podcast player. And if you like what you hear, please leave me a review. I would absolutely love to hear from you. This podcast was made independently by Jack River with Jess Hamilton, Pete Covington and Unified Artist Management. 